Welcome to the Mind Takeaway podcast with your hosts, Mira and Peter. We celebrate what it is to be human in an age of technology, digitization, and information overload. In each episode, together with our guests, we go on a deep exploration of resilience, creativity, leadership, authenticity, passion, and intuition, while encouraging others to do the same. What underpins all of our conversations is human connectedness, collaboration, and community. In this episode, we speak to Nir Bashan, a world-renowned creativity expert. He has taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the globe how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, increase sales, improve customer service, and ultimately create more meaning in their work. He has worked on numerous albums, movies, and advertisements with famous actors and musicians, ranging from Rod Stewart to Woody Harrelson. His work on creativity has won a Clio Award and was nominated for an Emmy. Enjoy listening. Welcome, everyone. We're with Nia Bashan, so glad to have you here with us, actually. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Nia's actually an author, speaker, consultant, entrepreneur. You could say he's a renaissance man. So for people listening, can you just explain a little bit or just expand on what you do? Yeah, definitely. So uh, my story is a little bit different than the normal story. I was born in Israel and raised in Los Angeles. Um, I was in Los Angeles for, you know, 35 years. And, you know, anybody who's in LA at some point will get involved in the film <laughs> and the music business. And so I was no exception. Uh, I worked in, in film and music and every everything I've ever done I was drawn to people that were creative. And then I noticed that people who were creative in business um, were doing a lot of the same things that people who were Hollywood stars and music stars were doing. And I decided that it would be great to bridge the gap between what creative music and so on people think is creativity and what business people think mm. is creativity. So that is kind of my background. And I've been doing that for almost 15 years now. Mm. Great. Yeah. And I was excited about your book because there's a lot of books out there for creativity, but correct me if I'm wrong, your book looks a little bit more practical, actionable. You know, it's not just like, oh, that that's really interesting. And I enjoyed reading it, but then you don't do anything with it. So can you just talk me through, you know, why, why even write a book in the first place? Yeah, definitely. So about 10 years ago, I was looking for a book or a workshop or a podcast, anything that would help me become more creative. And everything on the market was about why, why should I be creative? And I got to a point where like an entrepreneur, like, like you guys and, and your audience, you, you understand that when there's a gap in the marketplace, that's where you want to be. And so I noticed there was a gap and I decided to, to write a book and fill the gap that was in the marketplace. So my book is about how, how to be creative. It's not about the why. I mean, there's like a chapter, maybe, you know, maybe 10 pages on why and 290 pages on how um, I wanted to 
give people tools that they can use every day. I want your listeners to have tools that they can use every day to become more creative at work. There is a huge shortage today around the world in creativity in the workplace. Um, There is a love of spreadsheets and numbers and anything that we can quantify into numbers. Uh, we love it because, Oh, you know, that's, you know, 10 meters up. Oh, cool. 10 meters. What, what does 10 meters mean? Oh, it's like, a, it means something and we love it. Right. But it's just not telling you the full story. So for people who are a little skeptical, your listeners are saying, ah, you know, forget it. I don't want to be creative. I, I tell you this story, right? How many times have you hired somebody um, or looked at a resume and thought, man, this, this person's going to be perfect, right? This is the best fit for me. And you hire that person and they don't turn out to be perfect. It is because you're ignoring one whole half of the brain that it's trying to tell you things that the analytical side cannot tell you. So for me, creativity is the big missing gap in most businesses today. And my mission in life is to fill that gap. Yeah, I love that. And I totally agree because part of my history as well is coming from a music background and yeah, I've always been deeply creative and it really, I struggled in school, if I'm honest, because the teachers were very analytical, mathing that, you know, and I was just like, this is rubbish. This sucks. I, <laughs> it got so bad that I actually started jumping over the school wall and had a musical education by sneaking off to a record shop, you know? Yeah. But yeah, going yeah, back definitely. to the corporate world, yeah, there's just not enough fun and creativity. And correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, it's the lifeblood of an organization and they talk about it as a label, right? They tick a box. But when you, I guess, as, as you know, you roll outside of being an author, you get to see these organizations and they say, yeah, we're innovative, we're creative. But I'm guessing that when you actually see the reality of the culture, it's way off, right? Correct. Most businesses um, are not creative. Some businesses think that they are creative, but then once I roll up my sleeves a little bit and get in there, they're not creative. So I, I'll, I'll give you a story. I was, um, before COVID hit and everything, I did a little consulting for a disaster restoration company, right? That's the company that comes to your house. If, you know, God forbid there was a fire or something and, you know, one room and in it, you know, and so they clean up and they cut out the, the, you know, and they put a new piece of drywall or whatever mm-hmm. and replace the floor, so on and so forth. So um, I did a talk for an hour and a guy came up to me and he said afterward, he was like, you know, you were talking and the whole time you were talking, all I was thinking about was how many emails I had to send. I'm like, uh, at least, at least he's honest. You know what I mean? Like I said, okay, what are those emails that you have to send? He's like, there, this creativity stuff is, is, is baloney. It's not for me. Uh, I have a real business to run and, and I'm creative. I said, okay, cool. How are you creative? He's like, you know, we, we've been doing the same thing for 15 years. I'm still in business. That's creative, right? I'm like, no, no, not really. That's not, uh, not really, uh, you know, the height of, uh, of creativity. Exactly. Um, I said to him, you know, what, let's talk about those emails. What were you going to do? And it turned out that he was going to send emails out proposals, you know, for new jobs. Mm. And the proposals were like contracts. They were like, 18 pages long with legal writing and this and that. I said, okay, let's start getting creative. Let's look at how you write those proposals. And he was like, stop. Why would we look at, I've been doing it for 50. It worked yesterday. It'll work tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. Can you imagine how 
you know, these types of people who think like this have done now that COVID is hit. Can you imagine who saw this coming? And so he would like, okay, let's find, you know, uh, what's the cheapest package you have. I love that customer. Right. I was like, okay, this blah, blah, blah. He signed up. So we started to look at his um, proposal and instead of 18 pages of legal mumbo jumbo, we just did like a couple of paragraphs and it was a story. Mary had a fire in her kitchen, period. There was a blah, blah, blah. And she was cooking. And then, you know, uh, Christmas dinner got screwed up and yeah, yeah, that. And Mary, she got help. The kitchen brand new. Everything is great. Comma the company. Right. And he noticed, well, first he freaked out. He was like, we've never done this. Uh, you know, I don't know what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, let's send it out to like 5% of the market and try it. And he did it. And boom, we saw an uptick because people read it because it was two paragraphs. People don't read anything these days, you know? Yeah, I mean, sure. maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that as an author. But anyway, <laughs> so they were like, you know, and, and so it grew his business. And then I, we started looking at his billing model. He's like, Nir, don't touch my billing model. Uncle, blah, 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 16 years ago said it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's the most important thing. We don't touch that. And I said, okay, how do you charge people? Lump sum. Why do you charge people lump sum? Everybody in the business charges people lump sum. I'm like, ah, let's get creative. And so we looked. And instead of charging lump sum, we created an a la carte where somebody can pick drywall repair, floor repair, roof repair, so on and so forth. It was broken down a little bit more specifically, but generally it was that. And again, absolutely not near. We're not doing it. I said, okay, how about we do it like for 20 people? Let's send it out to 20 proposals. And we noticed that we sent it out to those 20, or I think it was like 100. I can't remember. And the people started getting excited about it at first they they went for the cheaper package but then when you add up all of the a la carte it was something like 18 percent more than the lump sum was from uncle Mm. tony you know 15 years ago and he's like hmm i'm making more money now and he started rolling it out wider and these are just little things that you can do in your business today to improve profitability, to improve um, creativity. And I think it's something that your listeners can do today. I don't want them to think that creativity is just about playing an instrument or drawing a picture. Those, those things are great. But like, if you imagine, if you imagine a pie chart in your, in your mind, right? Create art and music is like 1%. It's like it's a little slice of creativity. There's 99% of the pie that is left for you to use in everyday business to look at the entire business from sales to operations, management to finance, and look at those things to have creative opportunities embedded in the process. Yeah, I love that because our whole human experience is 100% creative, right? We create our own reality by just everything that we see. We look around us and we just forget as a species innocently that we couldn't have got this far, right? If we weren't deeply inherently creative, right? 
So it's, I love no, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, so we would have been dead. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I did some research. Yeah. It's really funny. So I did some research for the book when it came out and we found that 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, the way that we are surviving and the way that you and I and all three of us are here today and your listeners is because somebody got creative and we found the first creative person in the history of the world was a woman named Harriet. She was like a cave woman. And one day she had like a beast coming at the door and it was like, yeah, you know, and it was huge and she was small and it was about to kill her. And she saw like a little like berry picker, you know, that she used to pick berries. And, and it was like a sharp little thing. And she'd never seen it anything other than a sharp little thing. Right. And then she saw a stick. Right. And then she's like, had the world's first creative thought ever for a human. And she put the little thing, the little cutting arrow on the stick and really quickly poked it at the beast. The beast left her alone. She was the first, you know, human being ever to be creative. And that is literally embedded within all of us. And that is why we are here today. It is because somebody at some point got really, really, really creative and it uh, allowed us to have the life that we have today. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So what you're saying is that basically, I guess your books are precursor to getting more curious, right? Because curiosity drives creativity, right? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yep. And what would you say to people who are still listening and still on the fence? You know, oh, that's a great story, great anecdote. But, you know, my business, you know, I'm like the client that you had. What would you say if someone, yeah, kind of get that, but what, what would be the next step? What would you do to convince them? You know? Yeah, definitely. So I get a lot of people when I consult that say, okay, I got to buy some expensive machinery. Um, I'm going to have to hire a bunch of people. I'm going to have to hire a bunch of artists and I don't know what they do. And they're going to, you know, sit around drinking coffee and talking philosophy all day. And I'm like, time out. Okay. That's not what it's about. It's really about looking at the business and looking at your product and service in a new and exciting way. Listen, we're in the middle of a crisis right now around the world. And all three of us have seen companies that are doing really well. And then we've seen companies that are doing horribly and the companies that have been doing well throughout this crisis already have creativity embedded in the different departments and the different or sets of organizations so that they can turn on the dime so that they can offer a product or service uh, when the market sort of gets to the point where it is now. Um, so I urge your listeners, if they're on the fence, to understand that the only thing that is guaranteed in your business, whether it's a product or service, or whether you own the business, or whether you're a uh, on your career path trying to get to the next level, the only thing that you can count on is change. Change is the only constant that permeates every single business in the history of time and how you deal with that change and how you accept it, nourish it and use it to your advantage. It's truly up to you. You can say near, I'm totally done. There's COVID. It's the worst time. Time out. I'm done. And most businesses have done that. It's amazing to me. Um, 
But you can also look at the same situation and say, what an exciting time to embrace change and to take what I've been doing for so many years and tweak it a little bit and change it here and move it a little bit around there to create yourself a new path to go down. And that for me is incredibly exciting. But you guys, it's also really important because as a society, all of us will benefit. I feel that we could have easily have cured cancer by now. We could have put a woman on Mars. We could have done all of these amazing things if we just thought a little bit more creatively. But we have a very overwhelming force of self-doubt that constantly rides on our shoulders and brings us down and allows the analytic to carry the entire conversation instead of letting the creative and the analytic merge. So mm. for the person who's skeptical about how creativity will help their business, I urge you to begin to allow yourself to look at your business with two holistic sides. Don't throw away the analytics. You know, all of us know that, you know, guy who still lives in the basement with mom and dad and he's like 53. Yeah, he's super creative. Right. But he knows nothing about putting the package together, prepping it for market, you know, marketing putting uh, uh, a value on the product or service, getting it out there. Yeah, you can be really creative and end up not successful. Mm -hmm. So I want your listeners to learn to merge the analytic and the creative together, and that will help their business no matter what they do. That's a, it's a good point. Not many people mention that, right? It, even though it's really obvious, right? But you have to marry them both because, yeah, if, if you're in the world of business, like it or not, you still have to have metrics in place. That you, If you want to make money, you still have to be clear on what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And then the second part of that is going on an exploration, experimenting, but doing it in a controlled setting where, yeah, contrary to popular belief, you can have amazing fun. You can drive employee engagement, you can get people totally in their element if you pick the right people. You know, we talk about the whole diversity thing that's happening right now, you know, I guess magnified by current events, COVID, Black Lives Matter, stuff like that. If you look at these events, all it's done is it's a good reminder. And as you said, it's an opportunity, a call to action now to probably address some of the things that we've just sat on and got complacent as a species. Mm. This is the time where, I love what you said, we can resolve pretty much any of the things that have been really given, you know, pain points to, of humanity. And I'm pretty sure we could accelerate that if we just let go of this control that we have as a society. And it's not just one individual, I'm not blaming, we're all guilty of it at certain stages. It's just that, you know, we're in the game of helping people, right? So we're comfortable with exploring creativity and experimenting. Yes. It's just, how do we get more people out there to get excited about it and go, right, I'm in, let's, let's do this. Let's, mm -hmm. let's resolve everything. Let's, let's go, you know, let's go to hands dirty. What, what stops us being yeah. creative? What, what's the... I mean, fear is one, right? Yeah, you know, so, okay, so we're all born creative, right? It, mm. It's just a mm. normal and natural state for us to be in. And then as we grow up, and I study this all over the world, from Africa to Europe, America, everywhere, it's amazing how consistent this mm. is, uh, tragically. Um, as we grow up, whatever school we go in, we start to favor analytical skills and squash 
creative skills. Um, you know, we're drawing a picture in class and I'm drawing a pink tree and you guys are drawing a purple one. And the teacher comes up and says, near, you know, trees aren't pink. And I'm like, oh yeah. And I, and I cross it out and then I draw it in the right way. And then we go to high school or college or the military or wherever it is that your path in life takes you. And you get creativity beaten out of you. So here you are, you're graduated school, you're out of the military, you're whatever in your place in life where you're ready to start a business or go to work for someone else. Right. And what are you going to do? Of course, you're going to be analytical because that is what the whole system has driven you to think. But because we are all born creative, the way that creativity manifests itself is so individual that is uh, as customized as your DNA. So the way that you both will practice creativity will not be the way that I will do it. And it won't be the way that your listeners will do it. It won't be the way that anybody will do it. And in that power of individualized creativity of the individual understanding their incredible power, there is at the same exact moment a biological response that gets one really scared of that. And then two super fearful. And then three wants to crush it with self doubt. And so there are techniques that people can learn to stop the self doubt and to allow creativity to happen more and more. The disaster restoration guy from earlier in the podcast that we were talking about is now you know, like 10% developed on the creative side, 50% on the uh, um, analytical side. And for him in his business, 60% of operating, he's already like, he's flying high. He's not calling me anymore. He's like, I'm there. I've arrived, you know? But for me, it's really about not just accepting a little bit here and a little bit there. It's really about learning techniques to deal with self-doubt and then understanding that your creativity is a gift that needs to get out. I, I interviewed some cancer researchers in the book, and most of them told me fear of reputation. Mm -hmm. I can't. I've got some crazy ideas, but there's no way in hell I'd publish them because I am Dr. So-and-so, yeah, yeah, you know, how did you find me? I'm at this fancy school. And I'm like, well, who cares if you have the chance to take an idea and make it into something amazing? Why wouldn't you do that? Near, we're peer reviewed and we have serious analytical thing. We have, you know, I can't lose my reputation. Um, you know, so on and so forth. All of these fear, self doubt, um, you know, constructs of analytics that help kill a, a new and fresh idea. And mm -hmm. we found a doctor. Uh, who said to hell with it. I'm going to do what I want. And he took Zika, you know, the yeah, mosquito yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, virus. Yeah. And he's using Zika to, cause he found some enzymes that were able to neutralize a type of cancer and he published it. Um, this is now about a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and they're about to move into trials on human beings. It might be the first time in the history of humanity where we are able to, treat cancer. It's a very particular kind of cancer, but thank God. I mean, it's, it's a cancer that children get and 100% of children that get it die 100%. Mm -hmm. And it's a type of cancer that 
you know, is, is really bad. And he thinks that this and his research team, they think that they might be able to, to cure this type of cancer. And what a better use of creativity is there in this entire world than to help a child live through an event like this. This is very important stuff. This isn't just like, hey, whatever, let's make some money. It's going to be great. Yeah, making money is, is great and very important, but also not allowing self-doubt to ruin the potential that you both have, which is mind-blowing and the potential that your listeners have, which is mind-blowing to allow those creative gifts to get out into the world is uh, is a very important work. And that's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. I need to help educate people on how to do that so that more and more people around the world become creative. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Because yeah. The more that you just get comfortable with sharing, you know, just sharing out there in the world. I mean, imagine if some of these people hadn't had those pivotal moments. I mean, a good cliched example might be Nikola Tesla. I don't know if you've seen, but in New Zealand, they've finally come up with a proper test of uh, wireless electricity, wireless charging. But, you know, on the full wow. scale, we're talking in, in a whole town. And Tesla had that pre-20th century and yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. Jay, you know i'm just reading it you know so what, what's true i don't know because it's so far back in history but apparently jp morgan pulled the plug he's like you know what I, I can't see it being viable for me and paul tesla would just wanted to give it out to the world for free you know he's just like well right why would i not you know, he'd already right. resolved most of the problems with regards to electricity and power. He was labeled like a crazy <laughs> guy. And none of, none of us once wants to be labeled as yeah. crazy and not belong to whatever group we think we belong. And I think, as you said, that's a big, big, big problem of why we are not using our skills. Because, I mean, getting an idea is quite unexplainable we're trying to explain it but it really just shows up when you don't have much in your mind so how do you know that it's valid that it's true that it's so you need to go through process of uh, potentially failing potentially mm. looking stupid potentially you know losing some part of your reputation and uh, and i think as a society maybe we should really rethink of uh, um you know, how we stale creativity in general and how, you know, the judgments we have against people can actually mm. kill us. You know what springs yeah. to mind? It's the awareness that, I mean, for example, of Samovice, I don't know if you heard about this guy. So germ theory, Swiss doctor back in the day. Uh, he, a Hungarian doctor. Sorry, Hungarian, yeah. And he discovered, I mean, it's obvious to everyone now that you need to wash your hands, especially right, <laughs> right now, right? So this guy, he, he's genius. He spotted it. He did research. He did the rigor. The only bit that was missing is he didn't have the credibility and he wasn't actually doing it with a connected, clear communication. So he went around quite aggressively saying, I can wash your hands, you know. You're killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can imagine, so if you're a doctor or nurse and you're used to washing your hands, maybe never, and then he's like 18, 20 times a day or whenever you go near a patient, and they're all behind his back saying, this is difficult. You know, I'm not going to do this every day. And in the end, the poor guy died in a mental institute 
and he was completely ruined his reputation, right? Yeah, and I guess yeah. this is these are the stories that we are scared of, and and then we often. Uh, uh, don't say things. And maybe, yeah, I mean, we, we were talking today quite a few times about psychological safety. We don't feel safe yeah. to be creative. Yeah, did you guys, uh, Amy Edmelson just wrote a book on psychological safety, which is so good. I don't know if you guys uh, got it. It's um, it's called The Fearless Organization. She's a, a professor at... Um, at uh, uh, Harvard, and she wrote, uh, it's a really good book about psychological safety in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. Here's the thing. We need to take creativity from lightning bolt moments. Oh, I got an idea while showering, or you know, I get an idea every three months or whatever. It's not good enough. The reason why you get an idea every three months or every year is because you've beaten it out of you and you need to learn, relearn how to become creative. So, uh, when I talk about in the book, one of the opening chapters is get a piece of pen, uh, get a piece of paper and a pencil or pen and start to write some things down. And there's like, um, almost like like tools or drills or exercises or whatever that I have that will help you become more creative. No doubt. I've done it one-on-one with people. I've done it with 1,500 people in an auditorium. And it's a tool. It's a physical tool. And it costs you zero. It's free. I mean, the book costs whatever. But you know, other than that, everything in here is free to use. And for me, I want to teach people, don't wait for, you know, creativity to strike. It may strike, it may not. Most likely it's not going to strike. What I want people to do is have a routine and a mm-hmm. practicable sort of rigorous technique to create and manufacture creativity whenever they need it. I worked in Hollywood with some famous musicians. Okay. Some of them were complete losers who were addicted to drugs and alcohol. And some of them were no different. I promise you, they were no different than you or me or your listeners. Mostly the successful ones were no different than you, me, or your listeners. The only thing that separated them from us is that they had a creativity tool that they could use over and over to generate new lyrics for a song, new melodies for the hook, a new chorus line, new uh, um, you know keys or modalities to put their music in, so on and so forth. This is not like you know you sit on the beach and you know ah, I'm feeling good. I'm gonna have a creative thought today. This is not about that. This is about work. It's about going to work and doing things repeatedly, successfully. Listen, I worked with Rod Stewart, the famous musician, and you know he had a notebook and a technique and and a way to generate hit song after hit song. He understood the circle of fifth. He understood how a piano transposes to guitar and so on and so forth. He understood different things in music that are easily understandable. You know, you buy a book for music and you read it and you can understand it. But he also had a technique that he wrote down on how to make creativity happen over and over again. And that's what I think your listeners need. I think that's what the world needs. We need a repeatable and often usable technique to have creative ideas without waiting for one to strike. And if we have that, to your point, we can scale creativity so that it can uh, emerge for everyone. 
Mm. I totally agree because that's the missing link, isn't it? And I know that from being a professional musician that when I had my back against the wall, I had to repeat. You know, you, you have to do it. You can't just sit on your hands or go and sit under a tree. And, and yeah. yeah, you can do that. There's nothing wrong Unless with that. Unless that's your technique. Yeah. But when the <laughs> clock's ticking and, you know, as a musician, I had a template and then you learn for that through putting lots of experience in. And then when you see you've got success, you keep repeating it. And, and that's the bit that's missing in a lot of organizations, I'm guessing, because they're, they're, they're fearful that they can't control it, I guess. Or that's been my experience as a leader in some of these places back in the day, that when they they moan about not having innovation or disrupting the market and the like, but then they don't want people to get free and create because they don't think that it can be controllable. But it can definitely be repeatable and it can it's certainly fear, be measured. Ego. Yeah. There's so many things that get in the way of a creative effort getting out into the world. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, we have to change the mindset a little bit to start to accept different ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. So is there any kind of part and wisdom? I mean, all of it's been nuggets for me, so thank you. But again, um, if someone was kind of looking at this from a fresh pair of eyes, because I haven't, you probably agree, I haven't met anyone that's not creative, every single human on the planet. But if people are saying, ah, you know, creativity, it's just not in my swim lane, you know, it's still for I'll the- I'll do it when I have time. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so busy, I'm so serious, I'm an adult, you know, I've got to do all of this. It sounds wonderful. I've, I've really enjoyed listening to it, but I'm going to go back to my normal grind, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, my message to people who think that is that you're missing out on a incredible, repeatable, sustainable system that will help you come up with ideas. And those ideas are literally money in the bank. And when I tell people that they tend to get excited, uh, you know, that's how it is. Uh, people like money because that's, they use it to do things and that's a good thing. We need to start talking a little bit more as a society about, you know, it's okay to make money and it's okay to do things that other people need. Your product or service that makes you money is a need that somebody else has. And that's okay. We, we don't need to, to shy away from that. And once we understand that we can have that conversation, I think that the person who does not embrace creativity is limiting their potential of making more money, of being more effective, of, I don't know, coming up with the next big, great, amazing thing. You need to have a system that is not what you've been doing yesterday to work tomorrow. And I don't care who you are or what it is that you do. There will be change in your business, in your industry, in your profession, in your career. And how you deal with that change when it happens is the difference between success and failure. Mm -hmm. And I want your listeners to go, yeah, okay, I'm a little skeptical, but if I can take a few different little tools from creativity and use them in my life, then I will be able to be more successful. I think that is an amazing uh, and worthwhile goal. Yeah, and why would you not, right? I mean, it's free. (laughs) People love free. Yeah, and we forget. I I love free. Yeah, me too, you know. Free's good. Yeah, and and I think people forget as well that we've touched on this so many times in this conversation, but change is what's the only constant, right? 
and we yes. are built for it. We are absolutely in the right position. Never been a better time. COVID is just another example of something that's a blind spot. We didn't see it. But guess what? Next week, it'll be something else next year. No but we'll get through that if, as you've alluded to, we actually get curious, get creative, and we stop stifling all of that amazing energy that we have. We have a whole generation of people now who've never had a hard time. Mm. Yeah. They don't remember the Great Recession, right? They don't remember, you know, 9-11. They don't even remember World War II. It, it's amazing. It's like we're, we had like a cool little run here, you guys, for from like 08 to now, you know, to, to February of this year. It's like there's people who were literally born and lived in the world who never knew a hard time. <laughs> it's like, and, and for me, that's really funny because there is – History will show you if you study it and look at it, you know, strikes and gutters all over, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs, good times and hard times. And the people who make it through the good time, uh, the hard time generally have a reason to have some sense of creativity, something that will get them through those times. And for me, it is very important for people to realize that, yes, this is the current crisis, but tomorrow there'll be some other crisis and it might be in one year it might be in what 12 years like this last cycle was i don't know you don't know we don't know the listeners don't know nobody knows and so if you don't arm yourself with something to help you prepare i'm not saying go crazy here but i'm saying have a little bit of something to help you in case uh things go go wrong a sort of a safety blanket to help you come up with different ideas to reinvent yourself as things progress so that you can weather the storm so that your ship can make it back home and i think that is you know a amazing gift that you can give somebody. And I think that it's something that people need to accept at a certain point. You need to want to do this. My, my technique and what I talk about is not get rich quick. Uh, there are thousands of books released every year that tell you how to make money in the real estate market. Okay. Uh, you will be rich by one month. If you just follow my real estate technique, there's people on TV, on social, you know, my, my Insta has so many people on here that'll, you know, tell me that if I follow this diet, I'll lose 20 pounds within a, uh, six days. Or if I invest in this program, I will make back $18 million within the first 60 days. And so it, this is not about that. This is not like a instant gratification system. This is a system that people need to find when they are going through a difficult time and they need to find it when they want to prepare for things that are difficult. And for me, because we were all born creativity, uh, creative. It's not that big of a leap for you to understand. Okay, cool. Let's start to remember some of the things. Let's start to listen to our gut. Our gut is telling us things that are very important and we don't listen to it most of the time because we're busy shutting it down with analytics. But that gut that is talking to you is creativity trying to get out. Let's listen once in a while. That's all I'm saying. It's not like a revolutionary thing here. And the more that we accept these things, the more we will be prepared for wherever the world will go no i agree and i think what people don't realize is that it's future proofing yourself right 
If you want to navigate an unknown and uncertainty with grace, just get more creative. But, the, you know, you don't have to sit on your hands. You can do it right now. And as you alluded to, it doesn't cost money. You know, it yeah. just takes a bit of curiosity and a first step. You know, get curious about it. Learn and come up with a regime. And, and you, you know, you don't have to change the world initially, right? Mm. But the more you get curious, the more comfortable you get being creative, the easier it gets, right? And the less hassle you'll have when something, you know, the frying pan moment when someone completely throws you off kilter, you're more likely to tap into your resource and your creativity because you've been comfortable there before, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Well, thank you. This has been a really insightful conversation. Thanks for having me, guys. This no, you're is welcome. If people want to reach out and they've really got excited or resonated with what we've been talking about, where's the best place to get in contact with you? Yes, yes. So there's three near Bashans in the entire world. <laughs> so I'm pretty easy to find. N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N. Cool. Uh, I'm on nearbashan.com, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. I'm really, really easy to find. I would love to hear from your listeners if they have a thought or, you know, they want to share something. I would love to hear from them. Great. Well, thank you very much. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I love this subject. So yeah, thanks for well, being thank you. on the guys. Thanks, you guys. Really, really great show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Mind Takeaway podcast. If you haven't already, please support us by pressing the subscribe button. Leave us a review and share it with your friends and your wider network. Thanks again for listening.